Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome back to the Potent Pictures Podcast. Thanks for tuning back in. We really appreciate your support, and if it's your first time listening, welcome. So some of you might be a little surprised to see a John Wick 2 review over our previously discussed Kong Skull Island, but unfortunately we had some technical issues with one of our crew, and we kind of lost a quarter of our Kong recording. But don't worry, we have ridiculed him sufficiently for his mistakes, so hopefully that won't happen again. On that note, we decided to pull out one of our older recordings for Keanu's second installment as the canine-obsessed assassin John Wick in John Wick Chapter 2. So sit back, have a drink, and let's start arguing about movies. So, as we usually like to do, guys... We like to talk about what we're watching right now. So, Sean, I'm going to let you go first this week because you can't stop laughing. Well, I'm watching The Bachelor right now. I can't wait to see what this uh, Golden Heart and Platinum Virgin looks like in a second. But other than that, it's uh, me and Peter's wife are in the same uh, boat this week. We're watching, apparently, uh, The Bachelorette or The Bachelor. And uh, I'm also still watching, um, on a serious note, I'm actually still watching watching Man in the High Castle. I'm slow, still going through the second season, so I still enjoy it. And then Walking Dead started this again yesterday, which I'm still on the bandwagon for, so. Uh, yeah, th- that's what I got going on right now. So real, you're real watching quick. The Bachelor by yourself? Sorry, go ahead, Matt. I was yes. actually curious about the idea of a platinum vagine. I don't think that sounds that you know appetizing or appealing or comfortable at all, and I don't know why any woman would describe her Vagine that way. Uh, because it's like a hip hop term. It's like cool. Because like gold records are awesome, but platinum records are better. This sounds horrible. I thought you just oh, used. I thought it was going to be that she used it to make money. <laughs> That's what I'm understanding. And she is what she is on the Bachelor. That's hey, true. The world's oldest profession. I mean, she's trying to get a you know get on Dancing with the Stars after this. I think that's what they usually go with. Maybe maybe her own reality show. I thought yeah, how I met your mother are. taught us that fisherman was the world's oldest profession because that's the only way you could pay the prostitutes. <laughs> Lawy- lawyered. <laughs> lawyered. Nice. Alrighty, Matt. While you're uh, talking, how about you? What you watching these days? Because I'm not, I can't talk about The Bachelor anymore. I got out of watching that and I've been happy ever since. No, it's just The Bachelor for you. Oh, God, yes. Are you kidding me? Nice. So I'm actually, I, I just uh, realized that it was out. I forgot that it started, but that uh, Legion show on FX. Um, oh, did that start? Yeah, it started, I think, last week. Um, so I decided I'd, th- the advertising worked. Good job, FX. Um, and I decided I'd give it a shot, and it was pretty good. It was a bit of a mind. Um, it, was, it was a lot more, men- like, kind of mental trickery and things like that, or, you know, is the guy crazy? What is he experiencing real? And things like that. And I think it was, you know, pretty wrapped up pretty well at the end of the episode. Um, but we'll see where it all turns out, what people are actually real, what status everybody really is in and what powers people have. So it's kind of interesting. It you know, it seems to be taking place in like the 1970s. I guess the guy's supposed to be like Xavier's son of some sort. So it should be pretty interesting. I don't know the backstory too well, so I'm kind of interested to learn it all. And the style, and the style actually, not to keep rambling but one of the things i feel like we're going to talk a lot about um for john wick 2 coming up is the kind of the style the cinematography this is obviously different but i very much appreciated it i thought they did a, good, did a great job with that so i like the look of the show so a little background on it on that legion thing uh when i was a kid i kind of 
was really into X-Men, all the comic books. So that was that was Xavier's son, but he had uh, schizophrenia. And he actually tried, and the whole, I don't know if y'all remember the Age of Apocalypse, kind of where that movie came out recently, where that story kind of line came from, was that um, he goes back in time to, like, Egypt when, uh, I think, Xavier and uh, Magneto were friends and goes to kill Magneto to prevent, you know, all the bad stuff. But in actuality, uh, he jumps in front of... uh, Xavier jumps in front of Magneto and he ends up killing Xavier, uh, you know, protecting Magneto. And basically, Legion wipes himself out of the time existence. So all of a sudden, now you have no Professor X and now you have the rise of Apocalypse because there's no X-Men. And then they have a whole comic series on that. And I think Bishop was the one who kind of went back. So should be interesting if they go down that route. That was that was what I originally thought that uh, X-Men Apocalypse, or was it Age of Apocalypse, was supposed to be about. But yeah, I was just going to anyway. say that everything you're describing right now did not happen in the movie. So I was very yes. confused. Okay, <laughs> it, so that's was what very the actual upset comic that. book story was. Yeah, okay. was, that would have been a great one. Yeah. Even the cartoon even the cartoon animated you know, Saturday morning back in the day. That was a better uh, Age of Apocalypse story. Oh, yeah. so much better. So, yeah. No, but, anyway, but yeah, and the, the, the guy does have schizophrenia, so that's kind of where the the kind of mental issue, you know, the storytelling they can play with the audience a bit by showing you things that may or may not be real. And Avi Plaza's in it, which is kind of a interesting role for. Her, but otherwise, I think it's worth checking out. It's uh, looks like it's, it looks promising. So. Is she, neg- is she negative and um, kind of sending like she is in uh, Parks and Rec by any chance? And every other show. Yeah. Um, yeah, her, she's, uh, she's kind of snarky. She, she does her... Nice. You know, her typical attitude that she's so good at. So, not bad. Not bad at all. Nice. If they ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Damn, Skippy. Alrighty. Peter? Yeah, so let's see. I just finished Black Mirror, the third season, which excellent show. Nice. Yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that show. I wish there was a fourth season already, but I guess it's coming. So looking forward to that, um, which I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the third season mixes it up a little bit and actually has, I would say, the only episode that's has a positive ending because basically every other one is kind of end of the world technology is going to kill us all. But one of the episodes in season three does have a positive ending. So that was, yep. that was refreshing. Exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, San Junipero. So that, 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 that's my assessment. Maybe other people have a different assessment, but no, I, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, I actually was waiting to see how it was going to go bad the whole episode. And when it Agreed. didn't, I was kind of surprised. I know. Same here. I was waiting for the, the, the twist, but it, it was good. It's it all a twist, but it was a, that was a good one. But, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and spoilers, retroactor spoilers for everybody watching or listening. Um, <laughs> I guess the other thing that actually I caught on TV last night and sitting in a hotel was the movie law abiding citizens. So I've, I've seen it before, but, um, I, I don't, I heard a sigh from somebody. So either they hated it or they love that movie. But, no, that great movie. Gerard right, so, Butler going, so, going at it. Yeah, so I thoroughly enjoy that movie, and I forgot how much I like it. And it's hilarious because I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think it has possibly somewhere around the 22% maybe, somewhere in the 20s on Rotten Tomatoes, which 
for me is surprising. Like 25, yeah. Yeah, but... So I'll, about on par with Force Awakens. Or what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. He dropped it for the for the podcast, everybody. There it is. I think it's a consistent, uh, as many as we've done, there is yeah. some type of reference of how much Matt hates the Force Awakens. And we're going to keep it going. God, we can't wait for December to come too soon so we can get off of it. <laughs> See how much he hates Episode Eight. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, watch that again, and I really like it. I know some people do not like it, but I thought it was uh, reminding me how entertaining it is. So, no, it was good. Starring Leslie Bibb, fun fact, Sam Rockwell is her life partner. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Because it's one of a, he's a hidden gem right there. Sam Rockwell doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. Great actor. I'd have to agree. Did they they meet on Iron Man 2? I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Uh, would you, was that no no it had to be before that because it wasn't uh, I think according to IMDb it's been 2007 so I think Iron Man one was 08 so no I'm gonna say no on that no they met on Iron Man two what year was Iron Man two though uh, Iron Man two is 2010 probably, probably after Iron Man so you're probably right Sean yes. <laughs> <laughs> If they met in 2007, it's probably safe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, good talk, guys. I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a solid <laughs> call out for Sean Rockwell, though. I, I always go back to Moon. I, I really enjoy that movie. And yep. That was, a great movie. was actually on my yeah that that was on my list to mention, and as well as uh, uh, <laughs> he's funny in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's uh, that's another movie I like that he's in. It's kind of insane, crazy, and psycho all at the same time. Hmm. What about you, Dave? What are you watching? Uh, I'm still struggling to get through the Young Pope. It's kind of been tough. Um, just you got to focus. Uh, it's kind of like um, oh, mm, oh God, Matt. What was the one you were watching on HBO just recently? Um, not Tombstone. Um, West. Uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. Deadwood, thank you. The show. You know how Dead, Deadwood's very, you got to listen to what's going on and, and focus on what their actual, you know, dialogue. It can't be a background show. Um, young Pope's like that, and I've been getting maybe 30 minutes a day of just being able to watch it. I'm getting through it, but I'm enjoying it. It's just no time, unfortunately. Um, the other thing I watched recently, well, it's two things. Uh, Coming to America, my girlfriend had never seen it, and we watched it the other night. Thank God. She seemed to enjoy the heck out of it. I mean, it's a great one. I mean, the the one line that um, apparently I get more kick out of is when the uh, the tenant rolls down the rolls down the uh, the stairwell, and the uh, <laughs> the building manager just yells at him, "Stu, hey Stu, rent Stu, motherfucker, and don't be pulling that phone down the stairs, shit. You conscious? <laughs> Best line the whole entire movie." Uh, that was funny. She did not Please. get as much. She did not get as as much of a kick out of it as I did. I know you conscious. <laughs> you conscious. And actually, the one another movie that I watched recently that I was kind of surprised that I have not seen, but was really interesting, was the girl with the dragon tattoo. You've never seen that? I, which one's that? No. Which, did you watch the Swedish version? Or did you watch the uh, no the American? Daniel Craig Daniel oh, Craig? Okay. Um, That's a solid movie. I didn't. I didn't know what it was about, and I, I got turned on to it, and I started watching. I didn't, get to, I didn't get to finish it, unfortunately, but I got to the very, I got maybe like ten minutes to the end before I had to leave. I really want to go sit back and rewatch it. I didn't realize it was a thriller, a murder mystery kind of movie. So, 
looking forward to finishing that yeah. one up. It was good, and you should definitely watch the uh, the Swedish one as well. I think they're both I think they're both good on their own kind of merit. And I still haven't watched the sequels in the, to the Swedish. I don't know. I've tried watching the sec- the second one. Uh, the girl uh, is the girl with the uh, played with fire, I think. Or kick the, the uh, nest, whichever. Yeah. Yeah, there's I know there's three of them that came out together. Hmm. I didn't know they actually did uh, more of them. Okay. I know the books were out. I didn't know. They, did they do the American version of the no, other No, just the Swedish version. Okay. Is it in subtitled into English, I assume? Mm-hmm. Good. All right. I mean, it's, okay. I think it's available both. You could either do subtitles or dubbed. Okay. I, I would suggest subtitles, but... Yeah, I, I'd rather... <laughs> I mean, I, I watched Roman Bronx Police Story with the uh, dubbed, so that, you know, those, are, those all passed, so maybe the dubbing still works for thrillers. Yeah, yeah. And actually, there was one other movie that I did watch recently, and it was in preparation for today's uh, discussion, and it was John Wick, yet again. And I don't know about y'all, but it's always a go-to. Great movie to watch. Lots I disagree. Of, uh, oh, Sean. We'll, we'll save your disagreement for later, because I know you, yeah. you're, you're dying. I watched, well, I think, I think uh, well, I had to watch both of them, because I hadn't seen either, so I, uh, I definitely, yeah, I watched both of them one Saturday, one Sunday. It's a solid weekend. Good job. Yeah. Now, Sean, Sean, let me ask you this. Do you like The Expendables, the movie? Are you a fan of that series? Oh, I'm a fan of the absurdity of it. See, that's the way I view the John Wick series. It's well, I told. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to slow you down there, Dave. I, yeah. The Expendables can it's stand like... on the absurdity, and, and that's fine. But I think, I think the John Wick series is a completely different style of a movie. And I, the reason I say that is the utter, it's the, it's the utter ridiculousness of how badass John Wick actually is in, in terms of that. Like it's, it's over the top, awesome, to the point where you're not looking at it for a plot. You're not looking for it for really anything. It's a simple driver of how many ways and different things he's going to do to kill whoever he's got to kill. And that's, to me, how the Expendables fit in my category. I'm going gonna, gonna to maintain so a, I disagree a degree with that of a disagree disagreement. Bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll, Sean, 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 go ahead. No, I said I disagree. I think, it, in all honesty, I think John Wick is, it's a, I mean, serious film. It's not like it's meant to be absurd. It's, I mean, I guess there's some degree of absurdity with the violence that that, <laughs> that is tied with his uh, actions. But... Um, it, overall, like the setting, the demeanor of the film, it's the pace. I, I enjoyed all that. It's just the first film was meh, like it was okay. I and I told I was saying this uh, prior to jumping on the call here, but I I think the second film was actually more enjoyable all around. But it's uh, it's not because of the fact that it's just absurd. Because of the there's 15 guys who have been in 100 different action movies that come together and the 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 dialogue is just that bad, and everything is just bad. This is actually a good movie. Well, they all swap However, their, uh, their, their uh, go-to lines, all their one-liners. They all swap in, I think that was the second or third one? Yeah, I mean, the, the Expendables, and I don't want us to talk about the Expendables too much, but Dave, since you, <laughs> since you put, us, put us on this I'm, path, I'm and trying to, I want to make sure we have, you know, sure we have some level of validity to things we're saying. Yeah, yeah that was a shot at you. Um, 
you know, the Expendables, it really, they literally, I think they were going for, like, Campy's 80 action. And that's fine. I think that's what they did. That's what they hit more so on probably the first ones than the, the third one. But that's what they were going for. That, that There's nothing wrong with that. I think John Wick, like Sean said, you know, went for style. Again, yeah, the plot didn't need to be too deep. But I don't think they went to, like, absurd lengths to have him have cheesy one-liners or anything like that. They just went, and the director actually was the the stuntman, uh, kind of a stunt coordinator on a lot of like Keanu Reeves movies, like The Matrix and things like that. So they actually had a lot of experience backing that in terms of actual choreography for fights, versus just let's just throw a strong guy in there to take on way too many people with way bigger guns than they have. So let me ask this question, Did, and I don't know if this is if this is anything that anybody actually researched or anything, but was this one of those movies where it was based off the the stunts like they wanted to do a specific stunts and they kind of built that into the, the, a storyline based around that you mean like i, I kind of think made... so david because I, was, I i read a little bit about because i didn't really know anything about chad stelsky that uh the guy who directed both john wick and john wick chapter two and all his experience is stunts so these are the first films that he's actually directed and i, I <laughs> I actually read about how he's supposed to be directing the new Highlander film. Um, yes, with, I saw uh, that too. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I don't I, I don't think that. I mean, I think that they obviously wanted to go for a guy who was familiar with uh, extensive stunt work. And a fun fact about Chad Stelsky: apparently, he was the stunt double for Brandon Lee when Brandon Lee died on uh, The Crow, which is I thought that was a cool little hmm. tidbit. Um, but maybe not, yeah, maybe not all cool, of his, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's no, given, I know, the, I know. <laughs> given the, 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 how the movie actually ended up, but like, um, he, so yeah, his work is all stunt work until the, the last two films. I, I, I'm guessing that that was the choreography, uh, choreography of the stunts definitely adds, adds the, that's kind of what makes this movie what it is. It's, it's just a lot of fast pace action stunt work <laughs> which is awesome but it's not like doesn't make for an awesome film there you go speaking of I, th- I think this is a rare instance where where it might but peter you haven't weighed in yet where, where are your thoughts on the kind of i guess john wick overall and you can compare it to the expendals if you want but you know, <laughs> yeah, any other choice. better movie all right but fine we'll just bad, that bad. thread right there no, we're going with it. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm sticking to my guns. I put it in the same category of like ridiculous action movies that I really love. See, I, so I, I now I, I almost wish you didn't like John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for ruining the movie for us, Dave. No, so I think I think I probably I'm not going to say I'm in the middle. So I I agree there there's some there's some campiness to this one. I would not say it's anywhere near Expendables. I would say. John Wick was the most surprising movie I had seen in a while when I watched it because I was going in thinking this is going to be a great, you know, action, fun popcorn flick that I won't really care and will probably be really shitty. And I came out of it going, that's a legitimate movie in its own right. Right. So I, it's not Manchester by the Sea or, you know, <laughs> something of that caliber, but it it was thoroughly entertaining. It had some great action beats. It had Keanu at his best in terms of, you know, coming out and doing the Keanu thing. So 
I, I was thoroughly impressed. I will say, fun fact, I so I re, I rewatched it also. I don't know if you guys noticed, there are two former Matrix actors in John Wick One, and I don't know if you can remember who they were. So Anyone? Keanu Reeves. Well, uh, sorry, what sorry. Outside of Keanu, other... two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so three, three. So so two outside of Keanu. I'm I'm uh, I'm intrigued for the sake of for the sake of time. You want to just spill it for us because nothing's come i watched it as well and i embarrassingly can't think of anything so the the doctor in the continental is the key master from the second oh. and, and you're not just being racist did you confirm this i confirmed this because i saw him when i went this guy looks familiar i think i know where he's from and the brother the older brother of the guy he ends up killing i can't think of his name is one of the agents from the second matrix movie there was a brother? Yeah, so there's, uh, you know, there's the main kind of guy, steals the dog, steals oh, the dog. Oh, you're talking about the, the one he kills in the bathroom. He, um, no, not the one he kills in the bathroom. That's his best friend. That was the guy there's, from Daredevil. Yes, correct. And from Billions. Um, it's, <laughs> um, so I, without dragging on too long, look it up. He's, he's an older Russian guy. He is... I believe he's a brother. If not, he's just a close bodyguard. But he is one of the agents from Second Matrix. Fun fact. That is all. All right. Go, go Keanu and the <laughs> director whose name I always forget. But both had ties to the Matrix. I like it. All Fair enough. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Sorry, I like stepped away for a quick second. Is that Chad's? You're saying that that's Keanu's stunt double, right, from the Matrix? I don't know. Uh, it was a couple films. I don't know if it was both. He was a he was a stunt coordinator for a lot of the movies. Um, Especially like things Keanu did, and I think in no, one he, of them he was the stunt. He was double, actually, yeah. But he was, I don't I think, think all three. But not, yeah. But I think he was a stunt coordinator in others where he, he wasn't necessarily the um, his double, or maybe he was just okay. uh, he coordinated and doubled, and the higher credit went to coordination. Uh, can I just make one comment on the casting of this of these two films? I guess you should say um, they play the <laughs> every film. I, and this is kind of one thing that it just, I don't know if it kind of annoys me or just kind of just funny that they this guy has like a, a career for being a Russian is uh, oh it's the guy that played Abram um, the brother of the uh, of the mob boss from the first film um, his name is Peter Stormare he plays a Russian in almost every film that's produced in Hollywood and he's, he he is. Uh, Fargo. He's in Bad Boys too. He is in Bad Boys too. He's in Fargo. He's the uh, one of the guys with. Uh, he's one. I guess they're brothers. Like, um, it's. Uh, what's yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the he's one of the uh, antagonists in the movie. One of the guys who kidnaps the wife, and yeah, accidentally kills her. <laughs> it's just he he's always like an aggressive Russian in every film, and it's <laughs> the guy's made a career. Off of being like a like a Russian, like a Russian boss of some he sort. Was, um, and I don't know if you remember this. Great. In Constantine, he was the devil. He was. He was also I, an Armageddon. I didn't remember that. Yeah, I was gonna say Russian components, American components, all made in Taiwan is probably my favorite role of him. Second, <laughs> second to yes. Minority Report, just because the I thing creeps me out so much. So I always liked him. And oh, Minority good call Report. out. Yeah, good call. Uh, yeah, Doctor the Dead Eyes. So, um, Peter, I just looked up who the guy. Hmm. 
Yeah, Peter, is, I just looked up the guy who, who you were mentioning earlier about the Russian brother. He was one of the bodyguards. It was the guy who he killed um, with the – he choked out in the church scene in the first one. That's after it. He, they put a bag yes. on his head. You're right, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I Daniel He Bernard. was like kind of like the – yeah, he was kind of like the badass Russian guard that he could fist fight with him because he was in the club. He was the one that he couldn't kill. Yeah, and I assumed he was a brother because at one That's point right. he says brother right. to him, but it's probably more of a Russian, no, it's, you know, it's possible. brother. Yeah, so maybe it was comrade, and they just translated it. There we go. So that was John Wick one. How about we move into two? So we know Sean's opinions on this. Um, obviously, all positive. Sean, I'll let you go into this one because I know you you actually like John Wick two more than you liked one. It, it, it a lot of it has to do with the setting. Um, I'm just a fan of like films that utilize Rome as a backdrop, especially action films. I, I, I really enjoyed, um, the last Bond film because they used, they used Rome as a setting. Um, I thought it was some of the scene. I mean, this film in general, both John Wick and John Wick 2, they're fast paced films. So you definitely, you definitely don't get bored. Um, there's always just straight constant action. I like how it picks up, how you know he, he gets back from his actions in the first one. I guess it takes place within a couple of weeks of the first film. Is that right? About right, or is it? I, I think um, he. I think he. I heard an interview. It was like five days afterwards. Oh, five days. Okay. Yeah, I think it's supposed so, to pick up like five days after the uh, first one. Like he gets gets his dog. I mean, you know, he gets back to his house, and of course the actions take place, and um, the film it just it keeps you entertained and engaged. And I guess the familiarity that was already there from having seen the, the first film within a day of the second film, um, like I knew, I knew all the characters, I knew everything, so there, there wasn't really much character development, development that was needed. Um, and I guess the type of film that it is, it reminds me of like those, um, like in the 90s when they had those like Asian action films that were all fast paced. The ones with like Jet Li and like uh, Chow Yun Fat and um, who any Jackie Chan. I mean, all those action films that were um, low budget, but they were they were sort of ushered in an era of a different type of action film. That's what this reminds me of a lot, and I, I guess I just. I don't know if it was the fact that like I already knew it was gonna. I already knew the the characters. I already knew the like the backstory and having the the different the use of settings and and whether it was Rome or New York or um, or the train station. I just I, I like the way the film was shot more or less more so than than just the overall storyline or anything. But um, I think the fight scenes are cool. Like, I, I do think the choreography that's involved with the fights, the fight scenes, um, definitely adds an element to the film. But I just, I guess, I was just more in, invested in the second one, being in the theater with other people versus like sitting and watching it at my house uh, on Saturday for the first one. But I mean, I enjoyed it. It was, it is what it is. It's a popcorn flick, but it's an action flick. Yet there's a certain uh, cinematography to it that makes it sort of enjoyable. Nice. Well, I, I will say 
I agree with you on the scenery on this one. It was a lot more expansive, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, like, Rome has all those catacombs and all those little scenes that were happening in there. And honestly, I thought one of the best things they brought to the second one was, um, and I'm, I'm going to botch her name, but it's the... It was the girl that came from uh, the Orange, Oranges of the New Black. Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose, thank yeah. you. She was a nice add to this, I thought. I thought she was a badass. I was just watching her. I was kind of focusing on her the whole time, watching her actions. And I was like, she fit perfectly in this. Well, I mean, because, you know, she's kind of new at it, and she's been kind of picking up a bunch of roles, like in the new, um, oh, it was triple, oh, God, yeah, Triple X movie. Um, I didn't see that. Did you I didn't. Know? I didn't either. But I know she was kind of picked up in it um, to do that type of role. So I was very curious to see how it was going to stand because I know she's kind of a badass in the Orange Is the New Black. I kind of watched a few episodes, but never really got into it. But I was very curious to how she was going to pull off being an assassin, like professional one or bodyguard, however you want to put it in this one. But I think she pulled it off perfectly. Honestly, I was involved in that whole thing. But I, one of the big things that I always thought about these these group of movies, it's the amount of bodies that he actually kills, and he is a so John Wick is a bad dude. Do we are we all in agreement of that? He is a bad guy. He is an assassin for the mob, and he has probably killed in his time. God, if I had to extrapolate, he's probably killed about a thousand people at least. Considering in each movie he's killed about one hundred and fifty. So you can imagine what he's done. But yet, you still give a shit about him. That's the weird part. Do y'all see otherwise on that? I agree with you, Dave. But, you know, that's just like Ocean's Eleven or something. They're, you know, they're criminals as well. But they're our protagonists, and there's no really reason to, to doubt it. It's kind of like in, you know, fantasy where they make evil things like orcs and goblins where, you know, these people are killing all these mass amounts of people, but you don't have to care about them because they're pure evil. In the first John Wick, you don't have to care about these goons because they're a part of a, a group that killed a dog and protected somebody that killed a dog. And in the second one, you're already invested in caring about John Wick. So even though he's a bad guy, he's an assassin, he's, you know, a, a villain, you know, overall, I, I think our perception of him from this warrants him being a protagonist and it's okay to root for him. Well, I mean, otherwise you'd be rooting for John, for Keanu Reeves to get killed. And let's be honest, nobody wants to see that. You'd never want to see that. Except for Matrix 3. We could have really done without that one. Or two. Well, the two, thing, two had the a thing that, like, scenes. the thing that I, like, I feel like Keanu Reeves has this, like, th- this, like, demeanor that he just always is, like, a calm, you know, he adds this certain thing that, like, people, like, this genuineness to him, I guess. I, I guess it is. I don't know. It's, um, that, like, I was, like, in, in, I'm invested in what's going to happen to him. Especially, I mean, I know I'm going to jump back and forth a lot because I just saw both films back to back. But, like, the first film, you know, you get this guy who's had this tremendous loss. And you feel, you like, you, you're emotionally connected from the jump. Um, anytime that you have a loved one that's lost, I mean, people get, uh, you know, you, you feel for that person. So from the moment that happened and then the events of the first one, I mean, I guess I'm going to say spoiler alert, but it doesn't really matter because most people have seen this by now. It's been three years, but um, I mean, the guy's like, his dog is just like, it's not even the fact that his dog is killed. It's the fact that it's like the last gift his wife has given him before she passed away. Like that, 
Yeah, that just that tugs at the old heartstrings. But I guess that's like my, that was more like my favorite part of the first film was the fact that they uh, they tried to get you emotionally invested from the jump with with that, and then I mean that car is that he drives is awesome. So like somebody steals his car and kills his dog in the same day. It's you know he's asking for what's to come. So um, but yeah, just Keanu Reeves. Like I think he embodies that the the cool, calm, collected individual that is tasked with murdering people. Um, good. But yeah, I might be off on that. No, you're, you're right on there. All right, Matt, how about you? What did you think initially on this? On John Wick 2? I hate that we're not going to talk about John Wick and, and give it the full time that it deserves, but uh, I I can't argue with Sean for liking the second one more. I think this is probably one of like the the few, if if not only, uh, of this style of movie, just kind of like pure action uh, style movie where the sequel lives up so well to the original. And um, I actually just looked it up. I didn't even realize that this was longer than the first one. And I, I didn't even you know I went and saw it in theaters. Didn't even notice it was it was very entertaining all the way through. I never felt like I was wasting time compared to the first one or they were just like adding filler or just trying to make up stuff i I thought they did a great job with you know additional ways to keep it keep it interesting additional choreography and by adding new sceneries and landscapes to it i thought they did a great job and i actually really like the new york um place uh, sorry the new york the fact that it took place in uh new york for the first one the style of it kind of like a noir type theme it was very dark throughout i thought that they carried that over to the uh, rome setting really well and I really like the addition, in addition to Ruby Rose that you mentioned, I thought Common was a great addition, and he did an awesome job. So that's pretty awesome. Oscar winner, by the way. So pretty awesome to see in there. But uh, yeah, what about you, Peter? So I'm going to disagree with a few things. Um, so on the whole, I thought this was a, I, I agree with you, Matt. I think this was a good sequel. It definitely, I think, lived up to the hype in the sense that, you know, people, this kind of has a, some John Wick had somewhat of a cult following and this movie was coming out and, you know, from a box office perspective made twice as much money, which shows that, you know, it's got people behind it. But overall, I did not like it more than the first one. In fact, I would say it was not a step back, but for me, it didn't hit the mark. Um, and there's a few things I think, uh, you know, one of them actually, Dave, sorry, but Ruby Rose didn't do it for me. I thought she was kind of kind of campy, kind of goofy, and it just seemed like she was underutilized. So, I mean, by the end of the movie, maybe we won't, maybe we'll get there in a spoiler section, but I don't think she ended up doing much to really progress anything with the plot. She was just kind of there as, for me, comedic relief, which was okay, but I thought she there could have been more with her. Um, I think Common was a great use. I thought that turned out well. I think overall it was good. I I don't know if it was the hype. So I you know I was checking out um, checking out IMDb and and Rotten Tomatoes beforehand, which you should never do. By the way, it always <laughs> ruins movies for you. But just to curious to see how it turned out and saw the really high ratings. So I don't know if that maybe soured a little bit of it for me because uh, it's happened before. And again, I need to throw my phone in a river before I see a movie, but you know, just overall, I, 
I think it could have done more, but I will give the caveat. And if we get to a spoiler section, I think I was I left the theater saying I would see a sequel to this movie. You would or you would not? I I would I I would and okay. you know again if if we get to a sequel sequel spoiler section I there will you go. trilogy we can we can talk about it but um, yeah I, so overall thought it was good but I did not think it was as good as the second one or the first one and I think there was there was a misstep here or there. Is it something against Catholics? Is that, is that hate, what it is? I hate history. You know. Although, you know what, with that in mind, I will say I thought it was, it took me a second because I wasn't sure where he was going, but then it clicked the uh, joke about, you know, are you here to kill the Pope? So I, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed that. Because, of course, of anybody to kill the Pope, it's going to be John Wick because he's a badass. So, so real quick, what did you guys think about the antagonist with Santino? Yeah, Santino. Antonio? My, my biggest problem with him is every every now and then he looked like... Um, what's the guy that's in uh, Baywatch and Neighbors? Um, oh, like, Zac Efron? Zac Efron. Efron. Every now and then he looked like Zac Efron. I was like, why the fuck is Zac Efron in this? And then I realized it was Santangelo or whatever his name is. And I, was like, oh, I did not get that impression. No. I'm very intrigued now to go back and watch it and see this. Well, I looked him up on IMDb and he doesn't look like him at all. So maybe I just was fantasizing about Zac Efron as we all I do think you from were. time to time. The truth comes out. Um, I, I'm glad he wasn't in it too much because he didn't seem that... Uh, you know, it... He, he just seemed like one of those spoiled brats, which he was, I guess, right, where you're, you're supposed to hate him, and so that was kind of an easy thing to do. So I'm glad he wasn't in the movie too much. He Yeah, like, for being for being the, like, the villain, the antagonist, I, I just, I, I didn't get the, like, I didn't feel like I like was supposed to root against this guy. <laughs> like, he just didn't have that aura. I and, and to David's point, I actually thought, like, Ruby Rose's character was more of a, like I hope she gets what's coming to her, kind of thing. Um, that's the point. So I guess that worked. That's the and point. It, well, that's what I'm saying. Like I thought that she was more of the villain than like the other guy was just there. Like he just was like, eh, like he's her boss because he has more money. Um, and, and I mean, I, I think the the integration of Lawrence Fishburne's character, like that that whole like I was kind of like where the like where the hell does this fit in? But it's kind of kind of cool. But yeah, like there's just certain things like that that were that make me not like it as much as as like as I sh- as probably you guys do. But like those things, I'm like, what? Like how does this fit in? Like he's just like a bunch of is, are they homeless people that he just like he's weaponized or he's just weaponized homeless people by like giving them guns? I mean, what? Like what do you guys feel about that kind of stuff? I like to I like to think that the homeless people in New York and across the the world are weaponized um, and and unionized and have lockers where they can go change and eat and stuff like that. I think that's is, be a great is that why is that why you hand out money every time you see them for fear of staving off their, the, the I, future I wanna, assassination? I want to be on their good side. I want to be yeah, on their good enough. side. Though it, it does explain why they don't ever take my food when I have leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Though they might just be well, if that fat guy is not going to eat it, it probably can't be that good. I won't. I won't take him. <laughs> so we might as well just kind of announce that there, there might be some spoilers coming in and out at this point. So just yeah, FYI. sorry, I just that's all right. Sean, Sean just kind of drove us into that, but that's all right. But um, wait, Dave, I real quick sit- before besides yeah. Ruby Rose, what where's your rank between the two, or where do you think it holds up to the first one? 
so I I thoroughly enjoy the first one more just because I think it the first time I saw it I was in such awe of it because I just loved it it hit every you know note I needed and this second one it just added on to it it really wasn't like a I won't put this one above it I'll always love John Wick as its original because it was just the you kind of got introduced to the whole world it's kind of like the I'm not going to put, like, Iron Man and, and you know, Iron Man 2 kind of thing, because this was much better. John Wick 2 was a hell of a lot better than that, but it was kind of the... John Wick 1 was an intro kind of, like, development, as you kind of slowly got into the world to understand how it worked, and I always enjoy those types of origin movies in a way, where he's kind of coming back, and you're slowly developing his character, where they're... Um, you know, the, the question they always ask him is, are you working again? And And when he says, you know, maybe they all get that face of just pure dread and just like shit like crap we thought he was gone now we don't have to worry about him now we got to worry about is he going to kill me kind of thing so but i mean regarding two though i i enjoyed the hell out of it i probably finished my popcorn within the first you know probably by the end of the uh the scene with uh oh god peter what's it not peter strong i can't even think of his name the russian the Um, the russian guy yeah yeah yeah, real quick does does Popcorn eating velocity associate or correlate to the quality of the movie? <laughs> For me, yes. I, I thought For if me, you made it past the trailers, you could finish at any point. So I actually, so so let me put this point. I saved my popcorn because usually I eat my popcorn right when I when the trailers start, and usually I'm about halfway through my bag by the end of the the trailers because trailers are getting to the point where they're long as hell. So, but what I did this time is I saved it, and. I wanted to eat it during that thing, and that whole scene, that whole beginning first scene where he goes back and, you know, as we are now, unfortunately, in the spoiler section, goes back and gets his car. Um, God bless that car. Um, I was done my popcorn by the end of it because it was just so, it was pure John Wick, you know, getting hit by multiple things. Um, I guess, well, fuck it. I'll just say it. Uh, Cars and uh, just... No gun usage, which was surprising. Or there was very little gun usage in that I, I, scene. I was going to say, we get a little of an Indiana Jones-style gun usage, yeah, which I, which I was, really, really appreciated. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, most of that scene was or that most of that scene was him being a badass driving and you know just doing hand, uh, hand-to-hand combat with that little bit of um, Indiana Jones at the end of it. And you know, th- that, that, that set that tone for that movie, and I was like, all right, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to enjoy the heck out of this. Now, but I will say the, and I agree with everybody on the the villain, and he was just, he, he was just a whiny little little brat. I would have wished they would have taken the sister, and uh, kind of developed her more, because when she had that one scene with the, uh, um, the African boss, I guess, and yep. basically said, you know, that whole scene where, um, you know, you took my land or or my thing and she was like oh you know and basically had her the knives um they weren't for them it was for their their wives and their children or something along those lines i was like okay she's kind of a badass i think maybe she'll do some topsy-turvy thing when he uh goes in and starts uh tries to kill her i was kind of hoping for that kind of turn so on that i i kind of felt like that was almost like a gains of game of thrones style thing where you you see this very powerful character and you think okay you can see why that's maybe a a possible problem and then this like you said bratty character that just happens to have somebody owes him a debt kind of a thing and you know we'll probably get into that a little bit more and they're able to kind of weasel their way into power 
And mm-hmm. obviously, I think we're all seeing a lot of that in Game of Thrones if we if we are paying attention or reading or watching the show. So, Maybe that was and, just me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, and the only other point I was going to make was that the, the big thing that I really enjoyed about this one was that it kind of delved more into the world of that they're all living in. And apparently, everybody's a freaking assassin. Everybody's out for hire. Which was one of the things that I loved about this movie. It was just everybody. Watch your back, Dave. Hey, yeah, man, you never like know when, they, when they were in New York and he was in the, the subway. I, I mean, shit. Like between the subway and uh, and the train station at Freedom Center. Uh, it was a Freedom Center or one, uh, whatever the Freedom Tower is now. That was the station where they were, and it's just like he walks out, and the the sumo wrestling dude who comes after him like. The, you know, Common was after him. The people who aren't assassins were few and far between, and the ones that were, were everywhere. So, yeah. Uh, either... we, saw, we saw a few, you know, non-assassins on, like, the train that ran and away. And they just screamed. Because I'm still trying to figure out, like, there's a lot of death that happens, and people are just, like, just, yeah, I don't know. I, I look too far into Following it. him, they literally had the highest murder, you know, murder rate in the city of new york in a day yeah so you can only imagine what he did when he was doing professionally this was just when he was pissed off well, i'm assuming when he was professional he got to be more meticulous and you know didn't have to watch out too much but i the, the most like kind of kind of piece that made me question that was when he and one of the other one of the people who were trying to kill him there was the water fountain and the water spurted back up across them and they just started shooting at each other. But there's oh, a crowd common, of people yeah. surround. Oh, I, I just wasn't going to say it was common in case at that point oh, we yeah, knew sorry. whether or not common Damn, was still around. Sorry. But yeah, it was common. And I was like, man, they're just they're just shooting through water when there's a crowd of people on the other side. So I was actually kind of curious if we were going to see like a news briefing at the end of the sh- at the end of the movie to like describe you know give us like some closure on how many people innocent people might have been uh, hurt but maybe they were so good they missed each other but they didn't hurt hit other people at that point well you saw when they were walking down the i mean in that the was station, awesome that was they, when they were walking just kind of shooting the little as they were walking by and hitting columns i mean they they're, they were hip hip firing but sideways up, up different levels it was a very yeah, very fun i they, thought that was very fun and I liked how they mixed those scenes where it was you, um, you didn't know which one was actually happening at that time. You know what I mean? It was kind of like yeah, they did like a pieces and parts of, of each one of assassins yeah. attacking him. Yeah, I thought that was good. But it, all right, so what? Let me ask you this question: um, If we're going back to that, how about the pencil? <laughs> Phenomenal. That that was funny. The, the, the joke that was integrated. They finally had a payoff. It was. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh huh. And and I like that they didn't you know they realized oh we can't do what the Joker did so we've got some other we've got some other ideas, God. And one of them oh, was God, much more painful than the other. Oh my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just appreciated that at the end of the you know mass pencil murder, he just stared at the pencil like oh I I, I just use a pencil. I, I I thoroughly appreciated that. Just kind of the reflection on the day. Oh okay, this is great. I use a pencil. <laughs> I, I love the scene in the original Jason Bourne when he has the pen and he's fighting one of the first assassins that comes in through his, uh, or one of the first assets that comes to attack him in the apartment. Um, this trumped it for sure. Not that Which was... is funny because I think this guy actually directed the fight scenes in that movie as well. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a like, bigger I, I actually looked that up because he, uh, it's funny you brought that up because I actually looked up to see like what films he was the fight director on versus, uh, 
this film and it was all the Matrix movies he was involved with. Born, it was like a couple of the Born films and um, V for Vendetta were the ones that like the top line. And uh, you can see some similarities looking back on it and it's funny you brought that up. Maybe I'm uh, jumping the ball, but somebody brought up Lawrence Fishburne earlier and I thought it was fun, you know, him being in there, you know, obvious, it's kind of fun to see uh, Morpheus and Neo again. I think that's the first time since The Matrix. But I actually really enjoyed the the seven bullets and the payoff that you had when, when uh, Keanu or John Wick eventually had to use those and he gets to the count and you're like, crap, <laughs> seven. But then like shortly thereafter it was the only time in the movie and maybe because of the joke it made me pay attention more. But I thought they normally did such a good job with um, bullet counting. Maybe not 100%, but enough so that was never, you know, I never was like, oh, he has unlimited ammo. But shortly after that, like, seven bullet joke, I felt like there was a scene where he had unlimited ammo, and I was very confused by it. Before and after, they showed him kind of using other people's weapons and things like that, and I thought that was good. But there was just long stretch where he just, I feel like he fired, like, 20 shots without changing his magazine. And that's that's one thing I, I want to watch the movie again for, if nothing else, just to see if I miscounted that or... And I know that's like nitpicky, but I don't know if you guys noticed anything like that also. I'm not exactly the most on guns, but I think some of the Glocks and stuff will actually do have upwards of like, you know, 15 to almost 20 rounds in them. I think 16, David, is, is uh, some of the Glocks have like rounds of 16, which... But, but, I, but don't, they, don't those usually have like extended mags? Well, I, that, I couldn't tell. Like some of the mags that were in the guns he were using were longer than the actual. Yeah. Uh, oh, so maybe then potentially screw, screw everything I just said. Then I just can't I, see. I did notice that too, though. But I think a couple of the things that, you know, for the most part, Matt, to your point, they did do a good job of. He like shoots eight about eight bullets, switches, you know, steals yeah. another gun, shoots another eight bullets, steals a gun. It was pretty, uh, pretty good. I mean, overall, I think in terms of the the absurdity versus the the actuality in, term, in the guns and the firing of the bullets. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, uh, with, with how accurate they tended to be through the first one and with this one, save for that one kind of stretch, I'm going to just assume I didn't notice what kind of gun he had and uh, <laughs> probably had an extended bag. So, to hell with me. All right, Peter, you, no, you probably you, had, a, you got a, point. You probably had a good question. <laughs> no, oh, sorry, Dave. Well, so, so two things. Uh, oh, Dave, if you want to go first. No, 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 no. I was just going to comment more on the, the guns. And Stop I was going to say the, sh- the shotgun <laughs> was fairly accurate as well. But anyway, continue. Sorry. Shotgun was good. That's a good, good call out. It was. So, so speaking of the carnage, so I, I did find a fun infographic, which maybe we can link uh, somewhere on our Twitter. But it essentially lays out the carnage of the movie. And so he had 128 total kills, 302 shots fired, 80.1% accuracy. So 242 hits, 60 misses, and then it kind of lays out how many people he killed with each gun. So that that's a fun one for everybody to look through. And it also lays out the first movie also, which I think I think he kills 50% more people in the second movie. So so of course you got to up the ante for uh, the sequel. So like that 80 that 82% is the is the uh, 18% off because of the scene with Common, basically. I, I, I'm I'm guessing so, since basically everything else is a, a chest and a headshot. So uh, yeah, that's that's my guess, but I'm not really sure. I I did wanna I did wanna ask. So from a 
from a plot perspective, and obviously these are funny movies to criticize plot, but I have to ask, what did you guys think of the driving factors of this movie versus the first one? I wanted to get everybody's kind of feedback, you know, on where, where it's dive, set between the two. I want to dive in real quick on that because I think that's a great question. Um, the first one, he lost a dog. This one, his car got hurt. And I know it was by different people, but I feel like that's what enraged him the most was the poor car getting so demolished. Spoilers. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I know. Th- I know that's. I know that's not the driving factor. Um, okay. I just was thinking about what happened to him. The first thing that happened in the first one was, you know, his wife, and then the dog. This one, the poor car. I felt so. I was almost as upset about the dog, but um, I, I will say they showed that little the the piece that ended up being the the marker that ended up being the driving factor in the opening credits and i that made me think the movie was not going to be very good because whenever they show like things like that in the opening credits it seems like they're trying to like make things i don't know if you guys noticed it but it just seemed like a cg big giant marker you know i didn't know it was a marker at the time but it was like a clamshell container and i was like eh, skulls on it i don't know what this movie's being set up for i'm a little worried were you uh, thinking it, it, it ended up having a little bit it, it, that's actually exactly right. But I think it ended up having um, maybe the end overall driving factor. It, it didn't live up to the first one still, but I thought that kind of backstory and adding to the world that they all work in and live in, I thought that was actually pretty pretty interesting. Um, but I'll, I'll let somebody else speak to the overall driving factor comparison. So I'll, I'll, I'll follow into that. Um, I mean, and I, Maybe you were just being, uh, you know, facetious about what you were saying, but I was under the impression that the entire driving factor was what Ian McShane basically said. By the way, Ian McShane, no matter what movie he's in or what he's playing, always phenomenal. So always a nice ad, huh? A uh, hot rod, and I, I was being facetious just in case <laughs> okay. that wasn't wasn't clear. I'm sorry. No, 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 I know. And but you know, you know, the first one was obviously the dog. And the car, which, you know, the car I don't think was that much. Because he got it back in the beginning and destroyed the hell out of that damn thing. My God. That was just miserable. But, you know, the fact that he burned, I mean, I mean, Ian McShane said it perfectly. You burned the devil's, what was it, his, uh, the priest's uh, sanctuary or something like that? Because he burned all the pictures and all the stuff he had of his wife and everything. So basically he had nothing. Oh, oh, you, you, the the bad guy, the the antagonist, did that yes, to Keanu. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. And you know, then he, you know, he he probably could have got away with it, except that he then sent uh, what's her face to uh, go kill him afterwards to tie up the loose ends. And then it was just, I think it was just pure pissed off. But hey, shit happens. You don't screw with Keanu, or in this movie, you would think everybody knows not to screw with John Wick. And yet they still do. I don't know. I don't get it. Peter? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons I was asking it partly was to provoke thoughts because from my perspective, I, and we kind of already touched it a little bit, but, you know, there was, I think, a solid villain in the first one because, you know, obviously he kills his dog and that's the last thing he had from his wife, as we all mentioned. This one, you know, he's trying to track down the, the Santino character, but... Yeah, we already kind of all mentioned he's a pretty weak villain. And so with that kind of being the driving factor, it didn't really do it for me. So I, I think that's, you know, as we've been talking through it, I think that's what made this movie weaker than I would have wanted it to be just because there was a lot less emotion. So I was really in the movie to see how many people John Wick 
messed up and to see what ridiculous action adventures you could get into. Whereas the first movie, you, you know, obviously you're also in it for those same things, but you're, you're waiting for the payoff. And I think the payoff in this one resonated a lot less than it did in the first movie, which left me, you know, we're just spoilers at this point. It really left me wanting by the end of the movie because you kind of sit through it. And I actually, I don't know how about you guys, but in at the very end of the movie, I thought we were still, we still had 20 or 30 minutes left. I thought there was another scene because it just seemed very anticlimactic. You know, I didn't really care that he ended up catching and killing the guy. Uh, it, the impact just wasn't there for me. So I don't know. I, I think that's just the way it came across for me. I think that's a fair point. And I think my expectations might have been a little different because I accidentally, when I was looking up the director's um, you know, <laughs> history of what he's worked on, I also saw upcoming projects was chapter three. And so kind of ah. when, when that happened, I, I kind of figured this was kind of a, not as egregious as some other sequels, knowing that they're going into a trilogy. Because um, at least from an overall entertainment standpoint, it was very much there. But it did seem like, okay, well, they're going to, they're going to set it up a bit more. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Cause you know, sometimes they don't know whether or not they're doing the next movie. Um, but the, when that happened, I was like, okay, then yeah, they've got a lot, lot more to do. Um, and it should be interesting. So, so yeah. y'all are saying that, 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 that final scene in the re- or the final scene, the, I guess the second to last scene in the restaurant, y'all didn't gain that much satisfaction from the, uh, I, I did conclusion just, of that scene. I did. I, I mean, and it I just was very swept happy. in. I, and but it was. I think to Peter's point, it, it wasn't as satisfying as the first one. Okay. You know, all and right. even uh, even on okay. the first all one, right. I'll agree he, with that. He kills the kid before he kills, you know, the dad. Yeah. Right? So even that's like. Yeah. But somehow you you know you still had that satisfaction of taking out mayhem from all state and uh, <laughs> the kid's dad in the first one, even though they weren't even the ones that you know wronged him necessarily directly but um that was still more satisfying than this one this one i think was satisfying because they didn't draw it out they just said he's so done that he's just he's gonna break the rules and and all that so it'll be interesting when he doesn't have any sort of underworld connections anymore um yeah since he's no longer part of the continental which again just with how little time they spent on the kind of the universe that they they work in and operate in i still think they did such a phenomenal job it, it i mean it's simple compared to other things i accept you know i understand that but i thought they did it was it's a fun little world and it's not overly heavily handed detailed to you it's just kind of gold coins or a currency people have rules that they have to respect and honor and so it'll be interesting where that falls in the next one I was just going to say, I will say, you know, even though it didn't really hit, I, the first thing I said when I left the movie was, I didn't like it as much as the first movie, but I can't wait to see the third. So, yeah, I mean, I it, st- it left you with, yeah, you, you really want to see how this is going to end up. And uh, let, let's see if the kill count can break 200. So, let me ask this question. And it's mainly just because out of curiosity, I did y'all recognize the. Uh, it was in the very beginning of the scene when he first meets with Ian McShane and he's talking with um, the guy who's actually producing the gold coins. Did anybody yeah. recognize that guy? He, he he was extremely familiar and it was bothering me for most of the movie for some strange reason. 
No, but now that you mention it, I, I want you to go on. But I, I was very much expecting the gold coins to be like a much more complex plot where somebody was forging them and we were going to learn about he stumbles onto a plot. And I don't know if that's what the third one's going to be or, or what, but I so thought there was, was going to be that much was, more to that. That was kind of what I was assuming was happening because he made the comment. He made that, okay, yeah, these, are, these look great. Put them in the circulation. I was like, oh, maybe it's a subplot about the... Um, you know, they're maybe messing with the inflation rate or something like that on that. I don't know. Be an, an intriguing little subplot. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How do I, I'm curious to see how things go in the third one because I'm excited now for the third one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Where, who was the guy? I, I don't know. That's why I was asking. It was a simple question. I got to oh. look through it. And say, no, I, I don't know. I was just asking I thought, I thought that was like, a, oh, that was so-and-so's grandfather on Saved by the <laughs> Bell in 1997. Honest to God, I wish I knew because he he looked familiar and it was killing me. And I just never had it. I couldn't find him in the uh, in the cast. Generic I don't think old he had a speaking, man. I don't think he had a speaking role, so I don't know if they put him in there. Um, but yeah, sorry, so that was a little tidbit. Sorry, guys. They came in the box that the Russian guy was putting in the taxi cabs. Go ahead. What was that? The gold coins that the old man had and was gave to uh-huh. Ian McShane. Those were the ones that um, the Russian. Sellers or whatever the guy's name um, was putting into their cabs before John Wick showed up to get his car in the beginning yeah. of the huh. movie as well. Yeah, those are in those those yeah. uh, mahogany. So there, uh, that's also just stems to the bigger potential plot associated to him. But I'm actually pretty happy that they did it because I didn't I didn't want it to be a mystery or like a conspiracy. It was kind of nice to just see the action. But we'll see what they do with the third one if that does come up. So his wife? Did you guys know that his wife is Bridget Moynihan? Spoiler alert! Fuck Tom Brady. Spo- yeah, spoiler alert! Yeah, were they, were they ever, she's the mother of Tom Brady's oldest. Were they ever child. married? I know that they have the child. They have yeah, a they, child. They have, That's they have it. A child. And then we didn't even talk about the fact that John Leguizamo, like that guy, is just like, what? What is like? What? What value does he add to this? Like, That's a great point. <laughs> like, <laughs> put him in there, because so. it's John Leguizamo, you first leave one, him be. Like, there's some sort of thing where it's like, hey, they brought this car to me and they slapped my, they slapped your kid in the face because he's a jackass and this car belongs to John Wick. And then the guy was just like, oh, that was that was awesome. Like, <laughs> that was my favorite part of the first uh, first movie. Is with John well, Wick. I was like, because that car belongs to John Wick. And the guy was just like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so sorry. That's sort of a tangent. But um, yeah, John Wick was on Bridget Moynihan, bit players. Well, you know why uh, Leguizamo's in this one? Because they're definitely going to bring back the car in number three, and it's going to, I don't know, have yeah, rocket launcher. Yeah, I, I figured that, that he's going to be having to do some work on it. And uh, they showed John Leguizamo's character, uh, what's the name, Aurelio, Aurelio, right? Yeah. Um, they showed him at the end of the film, He's like, and he got the text, too, like like the fact that John Wick is, you know, one and basically dead or dead. <laughs> Not really alive. But. No, he cut. He cut by getting that excommunicado. He cut all of his services. So Aurelio is one of those services. So I don't think he's going to work on the car, because oh, you don't? they no. That's what I'm. That's what how I interpreted it is that when uh, Ian McShane said he was excommunicado, he's no longer welcome in the um, the Continental or any of the services, which would be you know I would assume Aurelio because he got I totally the text agree, message. But- I guarantee you he'll work on the car. I mean, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I think he's, yeah, I agree with you on that. He's so close, he's going to help him. But since I don't think we talked about that, what did you guys think of that uh, kind of texting service and the way that worked out? 
with the uh, women, you know, the, the kind of fun. women that answer it. And yeah, that was kind of strange. The all the hipster broads that, that are just taking uh, old school phone messages and and then sending uh, putting them green in the nineteen eighty five computer system. Yeah, I don't know how that's and, relevant, but and they had the uh, the suction delivery systems, uh-huh. the the pneumatic tubes or whatever, the mail tubes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. It's the future. I, something about switchboards was so entertaining to me, so I was happy to see that. <laughs> All right, what did y'all think of that sommelier uh, scene with uh, the guy? I'm gonna botch his la- his name, but it's that Peter Seferan. I was, you know, talking about it's the guy. Yeah, he's a yeah. comedian, right? Uh, yeah, I or think yeah. so. I mean, he's he was a- he was like in uh oh god, it's the weekend. Oh god, it was a couples retreat and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, he was he's the kind of host there, and then in Spy, he was the kind of competing spy person that was in love with uh mccarthy yeah oh yeah the italian yeah Yeah. but maybe not italian because he switched the accent so well so i actually i enjoyed that i thought that was fun i i enjoy him when i when he pops up in movies for little short little roles like that and he plays that british very well i guess british I don't know. Yes, he's he, from. He's from. He is British. Is so he British? Yeah. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know if he was going for something. Maybe some kind of a off Italian, uh, sommelier or something like that. I couldn't pick up the thing. Sean, you're better at accents than I am. <laughs> your, your Boston accents. That you, I'm the, very, the resident. The resident accent uh, specialist. Um, you know what he movie he's in that like I crack up at is like he's been in a lot of those uh, Simon Pegg movies. He's uh, like he plays like his boss or. Uh, or something like that at the uh, store in Shaun of the Dead, and he's in like uh, at the World's End. He's in. He's he makes appearances in those movies. Was he in Hot Fuzz? I, I know he's in Shaun of the Dead, and I know he's in At the World's End. I don't okay. know if he was in Hot I'd Fuzz. Be, yeah, I'd be curious if he was in Hot Fuzz. Anyway, he was in Star Wars Episode One. Was he? Fun fact. Yes. I don't think it's that fun, but it's a worse Star Wars than Force Awakens. So I mean, it's very, it's very important. You already got your one placement, Matt. Come on, don't go, don't overstay. Your I'm welcome. sorry, I'm sorry. Jeez, can't take you. <laughs> wait, wait, he was no. Yeah, he I don't. Know, I think he was, he was like a stand. He was probably like a stand-in or something. He was probably no, a he was a. He was. They're claiming he was Darth Maul, battle droid, yeah. commander, Gungan scout voice. No, I think he's their voice. That like he's a. He's the he, voice of those. Yeah. He probably growled for Garth, Darth Maul that one. Time. I was gonna say, did he have any <laughs> lines in that movie? No. Let, let's not get into how wasted Darth Maul was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the next podcast. Any any. Um, we could just basically do an entire one on, on Matt's disagreement with the entire Star Wars universe. We'll just let Matt talk for an hour and a half. Yeah, uh, his, when canon, it, when his Star Wars canon. Wouldn't we all? Can't wait. Wouldn't we all love that? Um, <laughs> any any other thoughts? Like anybody think um, common? Any anybody want to see him again if if it's possible? Or he, you know, he did he did he pull? I don't think he pulled the knife out. So I think he lived. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going. I'm hoping he's in the next one. I'm thinking he's he's might turn into uh, Lawrence Fishburne in that type of situation. They made a comment about that. Yeah. I actually thought that like, was a cool tie-in, or not? Yeah, I, that, that was well played. I mean, I'm interested to see what like what the th- I guess the third film is just like you you know you go from killing select few to killing a large group to killing everyone. Like, is that like does he just does he just end assassins? Like, 
Well, I mean, that's the thing is that he he had a bounty on him for seven million in this then, one, and now yeah, he's yeah, just at fourteen. So it. what? Yeah. But seven million is a lot of money, and the only person who really turned it down was Lawrence Fishburne. So like, is is fourteen million? So basically, just turns Lawrence Fishburne on him. So he got through New York City with all those assassins. But the I think the problem he's going to have is that he's got no access to weapons now. So now it's going to be just all hands. I mean, he still I, has I, all that stuff that's buried in his house. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he can still up. go to his house and get that that kind of cash of... In, what, 55 minutes? Running? Speaking of that, the first one I really liked that they, you know, he took the bus when he was forced to, right? This one they just showed him walking around, and I was kind of like, how long is he walking? Because his house cannot be that close to New York City. <laughs> so do we have, like, a, a, a walking episode? Like, they're going to have, like, webisodes where they just show John walk, John walking between his house and the and downtown New York? Or can we, why didn't they show him get on and off a bus? Like, that, that worked perfectly fine in the first one. I don't know why he just walks. He walked across the Brooklyn Bridge with his dog, which is awesome, by the way. But if it's only five five days after the the first one, the first one took place, how the hell do you get a dog that has, that's that well trained? I was wondering awesome. the exact same thing. I mean, thing. I guess you can, I, I know was you wondering can just the exact same a, thing. You can go to a breeder and a trainer, and you can spend like ten grand, and it'll do that. But you should still put them on a leash when it's that crowd of an area, because other somebody else might have a dog that's not trained very well. So I thought that was kind of the douchiest thing he did all movie. And that's a pit bull too. Yeah. So those things are hey hey. Hey, don't don't curse the breed, okay? Don't there's don't, nothing don't wrong with pit bulls, but they are exactly. they are more prone to aggression, which means even no matter how well well trained he is, if some other dog comes up that's not well trained and lunges at him, he might lear- turn into I'm gonna kick your ass mode, and you no, know, that's not fun for anybody. So. so let me ask this let me ask this question: Did anyone else at the end at the very end scene when um and I can't think of the the uh, the not the doorman the uh, the front desk operator, I can't think of what his name, or the front desk uh, worker. The guy from Oz and the Wire and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when he took care of the dog and then he was, you know, dropping him off to go meet with uh, Ian McShane at the the fountain, did anyone else get the feeling, I, this is mine, but um, that he was going to leave the dog with him because he was like, yeah. you know, he took so good care of him and I was like, he knows he's going to go get killed, so why didn't he just give the dog to the, to the I, hotel, I thought that was going to uh, happen. I'm right there with you. Okay. And I was like, this is just irresponsible. But I was like, this is irresponsible because, you know, he knows he's going to go get killed. And he was surprised that he didn't get killed. Yeah. And I actually don't want to see dog mauling. That's not like a. So I yeah. hope the dog doesn't have to be involved in, in any of the uh, fight scenes. Like, I was hoping he was going to get taken care of. The dog's good. You know, just go hang out with the hotel guy. But anyway. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, final thoughts on it. Uh, we'll swing back. Let's go with Sean. Final thoughts. Yeah, like like I said, I think this is a good, like a decent film. Like I don't understand how Rotten Tomatoes critics and um and fans have it rated ninety plus percent. Um, I think it's like a a strong B film. Like you know, got some great action scenes. Uh, I think I really enjoyed the setting and, and the scenery. Um. Keanu Reeves is he plays that assassin role extremely well because of the just his demeanor. But uh, do I think it's ninety percent worthy? No, I, I think it's a fine movie. You know, I give it a B. All right, Peter. Yeah, uh, thought it was a good movie. Definitely, definitely looking forward to the third. Um, like I said before, I think I walked out 
a little surprised and confused, but at the end of the day, uh, definitely super entertained. Can't wait for John Wick Chapter 3, Revenge of the Dogs. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Got to agree. Uh, you know, the first one, tough to live up to. You know, the, t- the first one does still rank above uh, John Wick 2 for me, but I think this is a very um, well-earned sequel. It, you know, it lives up to it. It doesn't surpass it, but, you know, in terms of way, the way sequels go, especially in this type of genre, phenomenal. Um and I really enjoy like the the way they just the, the cinematography and the style, the style of the fights. Just a, just a great job, and I like that they stuck with it. They changed, you know, they put us in a new country, kind of new new uh, scenery, but the overall style stayed the same. And the you know his fighting style stayed consistent. I really enjoyed that. I'm still really upset about the car, so I hope that John Leguizamo does, you know, does, <laughs> you know, ignore the uh, excommunicado orders and does fix the car. But uh, I'm looking forward to Chapter 3 as well. What about you, Dave? Uh, definitely. Um, I, like you just said, it's not the... It doesn't surpass in, you know, I'm not going to put it like on a you know Terminator, Terminator 2 type situation where obviously, in my opinion, Terminator 2 is a lot better. But again, great tie-in. You know, it to me, it's almost just an extension of the first one in a way. It kind of just adds on to it, which is probably appropriately why it's named Chapter 2 as opposed to a brand new, um, you know, just a full-on sequel. Three, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just curious to see how he's going to be able to pull off uh, surviving for a two-hour-long movie uh, with actual, with no support whatsoever other than an hour uh, time to uh, move forward. Um, but, yeah, again, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I know the guy that was sitting two seats over from me was enjoying it as much as I was because both of us were laughing at the same stupid scenes but no one else in the in the theater thought they were funny which hey you know I got small small things like that is what I appreciate um I will say I'm happy that it was chapter two not chapter you know four and then they renamed the original John Wick to chapter three five oh, God, chapter four. <laughs> a dog yeah. is that John is that number John Wick f- chapter that, four a dog's hope Something like is that, that number five? Uh, your reference to Star Wars? I think five, five, and Star Wars. Right? What I meant to go for, but I completely missed it. Um, my my only concern about this, uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I, the director, I think, is doing a great job, and I think he's you know sticking to his his great experience. Obviously, since Sean kind of noted some of his other experience with fight choreography and and things like that, I hope that doesn't mean that every studio just gives stunt coordinators you know a blank check to make a movie. Um, that they do you know sometimes sometimes studios do that kind of thing i'm sure they plenty you know plenty of them have you know, the skills but not all of them and I, I don't want to have a ton i don't want to have an overabundance of this style movie kind of diminish the quality of of what the, these are achieving which i get you know maybe it doesn't need to be a 90 percent, but for this genre i think it's definitely a 90 percent. it's not manchester by the sea maybe but well it, i don't think they set up for it to be an oscar uh, no, no, I know, but I'm just award, saying, like, if you, kinda, if you actually award, rank movie. it based on, yeah, I'm just meaning, if you rank all movies the same, I get, I get that you could argue it's maybe not a 90 based on plot art, you know, the art, artist, artistic level of the plot, but overall, I think 90% for this type of movie is, you know, I think that's a fair way to, fair way to put it. And I will say I'll this, Matt, it, it definitely does have, it, it kind of skews from the mold where... You know, everybody now seems to be making films just because they've ha- they've succeeded in some other capacity. 
Whereas this is one of those ones to follow up on what you were saying is that studios are going to give people like that are design that are uh, stunt coordinators a lot of money to make films because of the fact that these two films have been, you know, pretty pretty much largely successful films in terms of uh, you know bang for your buck. So I, I think we will get some more of those, but uh, hopefully they're not, you know, they're not terrible, which they may they may be. So. But uh, yeah, I, I do appreciate the the fact that they do try to go out of the box and make a film that's not like everything else. Anybody think we're likely to have a John Wick four? If God depends how much money they're <laughs> no, 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 no. If if God is merciful and and loves us, yes, we will have a fourth one. If the young Pope is elected, my <laughs> oh God. I'm still working on that. Okay, don't. They, it's they a have to I actually hope it stay, sticks to three, even if the four, even if they make a fourth one and it's awesome, which you know I'd be more than happy to, you know, say I'm an idiot and I was wrong. I, I like the I like things being closed. It's kind of like shows when I find out that they're limited runs and things like that. I get a little more excited because I know that they have a story to tell and they're, and they're going to wrap it up. Um, I know John Wick doesn't really have a story to tell, maybe from some people's perspective, but <laughs> but I, 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 I kind of agree with you on that because it's kind of like a it, I'll, I'll put it I'll throw it into like a diehard kind of situation where it progressively gets more. It's a larger uh, scale kind of thing. So one was a building, two was an airport, three was the entire city of New York, four was the U.S., five was the was Russia. Wait, but, are you saying Russia is bigger than the U.S.? Why don't you go? No, date I'm just Putin? saying it's a day. You would they, they, they ran out of places. What is he going to do? The world? <laughs> I think we already like, talked about this, but, but Die Hard, <laughs> no, no. Die Hard Five should have just been Olympus had fallen, and that would have been fine. Agreed. But however, but Agreed. what I'm saying, but you're kind of to that point is that you know the first one was he was just fighting a the mafia or the Russian Russian mob. The second one, he was basically fighting all of the assassins in uh, New York. The third one is everybody in the entire world with no support. So where does the fourth one go from that situation? I, I'm actually I mean? curious if, if they're going to like do like an extended John Wick universe or something. And like Star Wars is, or Disney's going to buy it and they're going <laughs> to... Shut up. Come, get to, come but no, actually, they're, they're, I feel like the world is vast, you know, is kind of expansive enough, you know, that they could come up with ideas. But I don't want them to just do it for a pay, you know, do it for the, the box office revenue. And it'll be kind of hard to avoid that. But, you know, we'll see. Would you, would you read a book? Would you read a book about the universe? I, I barely read books about our universe, so I, I don't know you if can't I can read. I would make it. Just a minute, you can't read. The Wikipedia audio entry. book, audio book, Peter. Yeah, uh, audio true. book. That's true. Well, so I I could almost I think I agree with you. I could almost see them this being the next uh, you know basically Jason eight, but instead John Wick <laughs> eight, just where they just keep going. At the same time, the way. Keanu Reeves trains for this. I'm pretty sure he would be dead just through exhaustion of pretend killing people all day, every day. So I mean, he's 52. So, so when he goes into the movies, do they ask? You know, the first thing they sit down and say, "Okay, so in this one, we're actually going to do. You're going to kill 300 people. The last one was 200. This is going to be 300." He just looks at him and is like, "Okay, so how much longer is this going to take me for the training?" They're like, "It's going to be I, eight more hours a day. You're screwed." I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure by the end of the third movie, he will literally be an assassin in real life. Just through through repetition, he will actually be able to kill people. So I'm, you saw I'm his a, training. I know. I I 
I would be thoroughly afraid of Keanu Reeves if he ever showed up to my door. That, that's all. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually appreciate Keanu Reeves so much more. Like I've never had, I've always enjoyed him, but you see that training video and you're just like, holy crap, that's, he's actually taking it seriously. And it's, it makes you appreciate the kind of choreography a bit more too. Cause you know, he's at least put the, put in he, the time and doing it. working through it. So. So I was actually listening. I was actually listening to a, um, an interview with him, and they brought up that it was like some Reddit chain where they asked who, what actors, characters, if you could bring all the characters into an army, who would have the most badass like army that would be developed? So every character they've ever played, and apparently, uh, Keanu Reeves came up uh, as the winner just because like if you look at all of his characters, you got Neo, you got Constantine. You've got John Wick. I mean, if you had an army of these guys, you know, all these characters. Johnny Utah. I know. Johnny Utah. Well, Johnny Utah. And then the other fact was how many people he actually played. His name is John. It's a lot. Or just how many times has he played an Ohio State quarterback? (laughs) Once. (laughs) Twice. Wait, what was the other one? Shane Falco and uh, Johnny Utah. Yeah, Yeah, I forgot it was Ohio State. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that. <laughs> fun, fun, fun fact. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, but yeah. So it's looking forward to seeing how the story either ends or continues. So uh, I will. I will. Uh, I'll be more open to going, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the next one goes. Alrighty. Um, I think that does it for us tonight. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Potent Pictures. Email us at potentpicturespodcast at gmail.com. And you can always find us on iTunes. And if you enjoyed our rants, please go ahead and subscribe. Our next review will be the Belco Experiment, which was touted as Office Space meets Battle Royale. So uh, this ought to be interesting. So uh, I guess everybody have a good one.